Welcome to the Waymaker Fireside Chat Podcast, where our purpose is to grow your life and change the world. In this episode, we sit down with Pinky Cole. Lewis Carr is the founder of Waymaker, the Lewis Carr Internship Foundation, the Waymaker Men's Summit, president of media sales at BET Networks, and author of Dirty Little Secrets. Pinky Cole is the founder of her restaurant, The Slutty Vegan, as well as founder of the Pinky Cole Foundation, which she established to pass along her hard-earned lessons to others. Tune in as Pinky discusses entrepreneurship, bouncing back from failure, and much, much more. Let's get started. Hi. I'm Lewis Carr, and today on the Waymaker Fireside Chat, our special guest is none other than Peaky Cole, the owner of the Slutty Vegan Restaurants that are located in Atlanta, Athens, Birmingham, Columbus, Georgia, and New York City. Welcome, Pinky. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to... uh... Just have this conversation and connect and build with you. Well, Pinky, we're excited to have you because you are what we would say one of the classic successful entrepreneurs that we have talked to over the last couple of years. Uh, And it didn't start off that well for you. So let's go back to 2016 when you had your first restaurant in Harlem. Tell our listening audience what happened to that restaurant. Okay, so, (laughs) you know, the story is very interesting because every series of my life um, has a different tune and a different story, which is beautiful because it'll be a testimony to somebody. But I had a restaurant in Harlem. It was called Pinky's Jamaican and American Restaurant. And I sold everything. I sold oxtails, jerk chicken, uh, curry chicken, you name it, I sold it. But I didn't eat it. <laughs> so um, I later realized that I wasn't in alignment. And, you know, the things that happened happened because I wasn't being authentic to my core. So I had a grease fire in that restaurant and um, I didn't have fire insurance. And as a result of not having fire insurance, you know what happens when you aren't protected on that front. You have no protection at all. So almost everything in that store got destroyed. Um my, my mind felt like it was being destroyed. I felt like I was falling into a depression. Um, I, I literally saw everything that I've built for the last two years fall apart. Now, this is coming from a person who everything that I've ever touched turned to gold. So now when this was turning into like dull copper, I'm like, okay, what's happening? But that was the best thing that could have happened to me um, because I didn't realize until later on that it was the practice that I needed to create the company that the world now knows and loves as Slutty Vegan. So, so Pinky, I, I got two questions for that. Uh, number one, why didn't you have fire insurance? Was it the affordability of the insurance? So, <laughs> you know, I'm be honest with you. I didn't learn financial literacy in school. Right. I didn't learn what to do when you become an entrepreneur. And oftentimes a lot of us got to learn on Google and YouTube and figure it out. Um, And that was just one of the ebbs into the flow of me being an entrepreneur and trying to do a thing and create generational wealth for my family. But 
I, I thought that I checked all the marks, but I didn't, you know, there, there were some areas um, that, that, that weren't checked off, but I needed it to happen the way that it happened because it literally made me more attentive to detail on, okay, all right, make sure you got insurance, make sure you got liability insurance, make sure that you're protected, make sure you got this. And I probably wouldn't have been that way had it not been for the universe saying, ah, ah, let me take this away from you so that you can really understand and identify with it. But now you're talking about fire insurance everywhere. I got insurance for everything. If I can insure my big toe, I would. Um, but I needed it to happen the way that it did for me to get here. So lesson number one, listening audience, be covered. Be covered. Yes, <laughs> yes. literally and figuratively. <laughs> the, the, the other thing you said is that you were not in alignment with yourself because you were cooking and selling everything, but you were a vegan. Talk about the importance of being in alignment with your true authentic self. You know, authenticity is one of the, the biggest drivers to success in my humble opinion. I believe that when you're real and when you're true to the core and your foundational element, um, anything that you produce will reap the benefits of success because it uh, transcends into something that people can believe, right? So when I had the restaurant, I realized, although I'm an, in, I'm an intentional thinker and all the things that I do, I, I do for good and, you know, I have a conscious and like, you know, I'm, I do right by people. I realized that my purpose of having that business wasn't for the purpose of me wanting to people to eat good food, right? It was the purpose of like making sure that I this business so I can make some money. And as a result of it, I'm selling good, I'm selling food so that I can make the money. But my intentions weren't in the right place. And, and obviously, you know, I realized that now as I have this full circle moment, like I'm telling people that we serve jerk chicken, but I wouldn't put jerk chicken on my plate. And, you know, to, to some, it may not mean much, but to me, I see the difference. Now I have a restaurant called Slutty Vegan and I'm vegan and I like to share my vegan options with my friends. And it just feels better with in my spirit that I get to share with people things that I like. And I wasn't sharing with people the things that I liked at that restaurant. And I believe that's a part of the reason it ain't work out for me um, because the universe was saying, mm -mm, I got to take that away from you because like you are offering what you don't consume. And I wanted to make sure that mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, anything that, you know, I'm, I'm getting from a customer, I'm giving it right back out and it's in alignment. So everything that I do since that moment, I make sure that it's super in alignment. It's super intentional. If it don't feel right in my spirit, I don't do it. If I won't eat it, I ain't selling it. If I ain't comfortable with it, I'm not doing it. And that has been my philosophy and a part of the reason why Slutty Vegan has been so successful. So, so, so Pinky, talk about the, the the recovery from that that fire, you know, because a lot of businesses start out and they have failure and people can't recover. So how did you recover? What was that process like of saying, okay, made a mistake here, had a tragedy, but I'm still gonna come back. I'm still gonna push forward. Talk about that process of how you work through that. So that's a good question. The other day, um, I rung the bell at NASDAQ. Um, the we opening saw bell. that. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So it was like really dope one, because obviously, if you know the history about, um, you know, the opening bell, 
just to be a representation of like positive black excellence and influence like that to me was so symbolic for so many things in entrepreneurship and just like just unlocking that wealth. Um, so we did that and we had an engagement afterwards and Caroline Wonga, who is the CEO of Essence Ventures, she said a comment and it resonated with me. She said, I'm a failure recovery. I'm an expert. I'm an expert at failure recovery is what she said. And I'm like, well, damn, that's deep. Being an expert at failure, like I know how to recover from failure. And I didn't know that I knew how to do it until it really happened to me when my car got repoed and I got kicked out of my apartment. What I realized is, okay, like life is going to happen. It's what you do with life when it happens. That is what makes the difference. And ever since that moment happened to me when I felt rock bottom, when I felt like the people closest to me um, left me in the moments that I needed them the most, when my pride wouldn't allow me to go out and ask anybody for anything because the ego got in the way. Like at that moment, when it was just me and God, I'm like, okay, all right, we got to figure this out. What are we going to do? And when I figured it out, I realized that if anything is worse than what I had to go through through this experience, then that means that there's nothing I can't do. So every moment that I have an instance where it feels like a perceived failure, I change the narrative and identify the fact that it's not failure at all. It's finding aspiration and losses. It's recovering from a moment that may not have felt good at the time, but it taught me something really, really deep. Um, and that's how I live my life personally and professionally now. So like, yeah, I have speed bumps as an entrepreneur. Things don't go my way sometimes, but I'm like, all right, what are, what are you teaching me? Like, what am I learning? What am I learning from this? And as a result of that, it allows me to take a different approach to what failure may look like and realize it was just lessons all along the way. So Pinky, did you restart that restaurant in New York or did you go to Atlanta and restart? Oh, so I went to Atlanta and restart, restarted by way of an opportunity working as a casting director. So when I got to Atlanta, um, I was in my two bedroom apartment when I came up with Slutty Vegan and I was still working as a casting director on the show. So when I came up with Slutty Vegan, it was because I was already vegan. I wanted some vegan food on a late night and I wanted to share that with people. And when I came up with it, it started as like a, a little side hustle, right? But I didn't realize that like this was about to be a multi-million dollar brand. But I, I learned quick after I started getting lines down the block. I learned quick when I had a food truck and I was going from the east side and the west side. And I had people standing with their chairs and, and umbrellas and their kids and computers. And I'm like, oh, like this is like this is a real deal. So this was my Pinky's Jamaican and a rest and American restaurant 10.0. But this time it was intentional. This time it was authentic. And this time it was real, which is why it continues to work. So talk about the name Slutty Beacon. <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> so, you know, I always get smitten when people ask me that, right? Because now, full circle moment, I'm like, damn, I really named my business Slutty Vegan and, the, and and literally redefined the word. Like, slutty used to be so provocative and racy and raunchy. And now slutty is like a term of endearment and cool. And like, I'm praising you if I'm calling you a slut. Like, I'm telling you, like, I love you and like your family. And here we are. Like, so to be able to redefine 
what historically has always been so felt lewd and provocative um, was a big deal and it still is a big deal. That name hit me like a ton of bricks out of nowhere. And I'm like, ah, slutty vegan, like no rhyme, no reason, no like no long thought process. And when the name came, I called up my friends and they like, Pinky, I love it. That's a good name. You need to do it. And I just stuck with it. And not only did I stick with it, I got some pushback on the name, right? There, there were big opportunities that that I've lost out on. And well, they lost me in the beginning. Um, but I'm glad I didn't waver because not wavering showed me and the world that like, there's power in what you identify on the tongue. Like if, if I'm saying that my business is slutty vegan, but I'm also helping the community and building ecosystems and supporting black businesses and entrepreneurs and showing people how to reimagine food, you really going to get caught up in a name. And I believe that people love what we represent so much that they don't even think of the name or get offended or feel embarrassed or feel uncomfortable. It really is truly a name um, that's a term of endearment. Now, the, the, the vegan thing, it, was that started because that's authentically you or was it started because you were thinking about people's health, which or is it both? <laughs> so first of all, it's funny that you said the vegan thing. <laughs> the, the vegan thing. The vegan um, thing. <laughs> vegan thing um that's actually a whole brand the vegan thing but anyway um so um my mother I grew up in a Rastafarian household so I tell people I marinated in the womb of a vegetarian um so I grew up eating rice and peas and beans okay <laughs> right so like I've been that girl right since I was a kid um we would eat chicken here and there as a kid but like growing up like I've always uh, been a conscious eater I've always been mindful of the food that I consumed um and my mom being a Rastafarian, I just watched the food that she ate. Like she wasn't a drinker. She wasn't a smoker, isn't a drinker, isn't a smoker, a very natural woman um, who eats very clean and ha has always eaten that way. So, you know, kids um, do what they see. So growing up, I've always eaten healthier. Um, and then in 2007, I decided to ditch um, chicken and turkey. And I was only eating fish up until around the last 10 years. And then I decided to go vegan. And when I went vegan, I went cold turkey. Like it wasn't one of those things like, okay, let me plan this out. And it wasn't hard for me to do because this is the lifestyle that, you know, that I'm marinated in. So when I decided to go vegan, this was well before um, Slutty Vegan. It was just a way to be an extension of who I really am. So when you see Slutty Vegan, it didn't start to um, help people to eat better initially. It started as a way for me to be able to have food on a late night and, you know, satisfy that problem. And it was easy because this is the life that I was raised in. So when I realized that there were so many people that were ignorant to veganism, not by choice, but just by access, I'm like, okay, all right, I got an opportunity here. And the opportunity here is to help people reimagine food. And if I can do that in a cool way and make people have fun while doing it and not thinking that vegan is bland and boring, then I got something up under my sleeve. And it proved that it worked because being intentional and being authentic and really helping people see food in an unimaginable way has helped this business to become one of the hottest concepts in the country. So, so Pinky, tell us about some of your best, most favorite dishes that you fix at the Slutty Vegan. Because, you know, I have some people who, who work for me. You, you can't get them to eat anything, any <laughs> vegetable, eat anything vegan, all right? 
you know, they, they, they hardcore, like, you know, it's got to have, you know, a bunch of grease in it. It's got to be mead. So talk about some of your most popular dishes at the Slutty Vegan. Um, so there's a lot. Our most popular by sales is the one night stand. And that is um, the patty with the lettuce, tomatoes, um, sauce and bacon and onions and cheese. And that is wait, so wait a minute, Vicky. It, it's, it's called the what? The one night stand. The the one night stand. Okay. It may start as a one night stand, but it doesn't <laughs> in there. Um, but, but yes, it's called the one night stand, and it's a loaded burger. Um, and it's really good, and and that's kind of what we're super popular for is the, the the bacon cheeseburger. People get really excited about that. They love the bacon cheeseburger. And at at the core, what what is that? What makes up? Because it's not meat. Uh, so what is it at the core of this burger? What does the burger consist of? It consists of love. It's the sauce that gets the people going. <laughs> right? <laughs> when, we, when we talk about the slutty vegan experience, um, people really like the sauce. Like it's my secret um, ingredients, um, my, my homemade recipe that I created, my proprietary recipe. And it's a mix of sweet, spicy, tangy, salty. And it takes you through a roller coaster of all of those um, palate emotions. And that's why people like it, because they can't believe that something can taste sweet, taste salty, taste a little spicy and tangy at the same time and be vegan and still taste good. Like they go crazy about that. The secondary side of it is um, we, we use different proteins um for our patties but the the key to this experience is truly the sauce the sauce is something like you've never tasted it before and it's 100 percent vegan wow so tell me about the mental and emotional part of the vegan experience uh you know most people who are vegetarian and who are vegan are kind of deep so tell me about how it impacts you emotionally and mentally uh or is that a thing? You mean like deep, like hugging trees deep or deep like? <laughs> well, 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 my wife who's down the hall is is, is a vegetarian. She deep, okay. deep, 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 deep. <laughs> deep is good. Deep is good. You know, that's a great question. Um, let me tell you something about frequency. I believe everybody in the world, um, we're all on channels. Everybody's not on the same channel, right? Just like how you watch TV and there's different channels, those are like frequencies. And I believe that we all have frequencies, but when you get to the closest of eating the cleanest, right, you tap into different frequencies that you otherwise probably wouldn't have access to. Now I'm getting deep, okay? <laughs> so you're listening. You, 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 you're going there. Keep going. Okay, Keep that's going. deep, right? So when I decided to go fully vegan, I increased my frequency. And in layman's terms, that's the channel. So my frequency, um, my mindset started opening. I started getting in tune more with smells, right? With energy. When I say I'm an empath, like I can feel energy. I can feel that you enjoy this interview. I can feel, you know, like I can feel that like the vibe is in the room. I can feel when the vibe is not in the room. And that's spirit. And when you talk about spirit, um, and how connected you are to spirit, I also like to believe that that's God, right? So when we talk about deep, and you know, I'm I'm getting deep 
because you asked me that veganism and not eating the flesh um, of a dead animal has allowed me the ability to raise my vibration and my frequency. And as a result of that, my senses are more sensitive. Test, touch, taste, smell, feel, vibration, energy, all of the above. And it's allowed me to like maneuver through this earth realm in a way where like I can connect and adapt to things that are also in alignment with me. Now that's enough of me getting deep because everybody can't go there. Well, so well, 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 I'm, I'm going to keep you there just for a second because we here at Waymaker, we believe every successful person has had Waymakers in their life. You're clearly successful. Talk about some of the waymakers that have been in your life to sort of help you get to where you are today. Um, first of all, my mother. Um, my mother, I am my mother, literally and figuratively. Um, I have locks like my mother. I'm a natural woman like my mother. Um, I'm, I'm mindful of my dietary choices like my mother. I'm a workaholic like my mother. Um, I am an artist and creative like my mother. Um, I am super busy and not materialistic because of my mother. So when we think about a way maker, like she made a way, like in more ways than one. She made sure that we had food on the table. She made sure that the lights were on. She made sure um, to teach me how to pay bills and be a responsible adult. Like my mother did that. And it was a lot more doing than saying. So she showed me by example versus just telling me what to do. And because she showed me by example, it gave me a level of independence to be able to have parties at 14 years old, to be able to start a business at 26 years old and be on my own and go to college at 17 years old and live on my own and start paying my own bills. When you call that a way maker, she was a way maker. Um, the second person that, that's a way maker for me is my dad. Um, I don't know if you've uh, seen any of my other interviews, but my father did 22 years in prison, right? So like to, to, to do 22 years in prison, be confined to somebody else's ruling for more than two decades, but still have sanity enough to encourage me and keep me hopeful and help me read books and tell me about the stock market and teach me how to be an entrepreneur. Like that's a way maker in every sense of the word that in the midst of whatever circumstance he was dealing with, he was still trying to make sure that I'm good. Um, so both my mother and my father have collectively and individually um, been way makers in my life, um, which is why I have the pizzazz that I have, which is why I have the drive and the focus um, and the, a desire to win and to see other people win. I get that from both of my parents. So I like to call them waymakers for sure. So Pinky, go back to when you first had the idea uh, of being an entrepreneur and think back to three things you wish you had known at that time. And we hope this will help our listening audience and those who are starting out in business and those who are thinking about starting a business. Give us three things you wish you had known when you started your business. Um, don't do no handshake deals. My advice would be like super practical, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um, no handshake deals. I don't care if it's a friend, if it's the best friend, if it's a cousin, you come up with an, a good idea. There is no handshake. There is no, okay, all right, we're just going to look out for each other. Put it on paper. One of the biggest lessons that I learned in business is that level of protection will protect you in the court of law. That level of protection is 
literally a birth certificate to your ideas and the things that you want to do. So it keeps clear communication and barriers um, when dealing with other people. For example, if you come up with a great idea and you got other people in the room, like put it down on paper, who does what, what does who. So nobody makes assumption and then you end up um, swearing under oath to tell the truth and nothing but the whole truth because now you got to sue one another. That's the first thing. Okay. <laughs> um, the, the, the second thing is make sure that up under, hood, under the hood look as good as it looks when the hood is closed. You know, there's a lot of pretty cars out there. But once you lift up under the hood, the engine light is on. It needs some coolant. <laughs> the car start up and then it's stopping and then it start coughing. And don't let it be wintertime. <laughs> you mm -hmm. need to jump. Mm -hmm. I say all that to say, I'm metaphorically speaking, that it's not enough to just look good as a business. You got to make sure internally you have built up the culture. Internally, you got the right people. And I didn't always get it right. I always made sure that it always looked good. But when you looked up under the hood, it's just like, yeah, like financially, like things were put together and everything. But like, I didn't do the best job at hiring the right talent. Because I was I was moving from a space of wanting to just give people opportunity, which is fine, but you got to give people opportunity that really like have the same ethos and mindset as you do and want to be in the trenches. Um, so so that was super important. Uh-huh. And um the last what thing. Mm -hmm. what, what was that? I just said one more. Okay, one more. Um Hmm. What's a really, really good one? Have Everybody does. That's some fires. <laughs> well, that too. That's important. Everybody doesn't know everything. Right? My lawyers are still learning. <laughs> My accountants are still learning. My president is still learning. CMO is still learning. We all are still learning, which is a really good thing. But always make sure that you go above and beyond to continue to educate yourself as an entrepreneur. I realize that Slutty Vegan has gotten bigger than me. So there's a lot of things that I don't know. There's a lot of questions that I don't have the answers to. Like, you know, when they say, Sway, you ain't got the answers. There's sometimes that I'm like, okay, how are we going to conquer the world today? I don't know. And because I know that I don't know, and I know that the experts also don't know everything, I always make sure that I continue to stay sharp on business and learning more about business. So in the moments when they might not know any everything, I can obviously be a resource or I can also um, teach and educate while I'm learning on this journey at the same time. Like business is not easy. It is not easy scaling the company. Whoever said that it was easy is a damn lie, but it is hard. You know, and it's difficult. And there's a lot of learning curves that happen along the way. Every day I learn something new about my own business and it's mine, you know, like, and you'll, you'll never be able to master that because being an entrepreneur is ever changing, but just always making sure that you are keeping the knife sharp so that you're always prepared to cut. So yes. that's great. So for our audience, it was put your ideas on paper, basically put them in a contract. Look up under the hood of your business. Make sure it just doesn't look good, that it was that it's built to last. And number three, life is always learning. 
continue to educate yourself about your industry and about your business. Did I get them all? Absolutely. You hit it on the nose. <laughs> Thank you, Pete. This has been an amazing, amazing conversation. Uh, you are an outstanding entrepreneur. Uh, you are uh, a role model for those who are trying to start businesses and trying to scale their business. We thank you so much for sharing uh, your journey with us today. We appreciate you and wish you the best of luck. And thank you for being a Waymaker and for listing your Waymakers today. So Pinky Cole, we thank you so much. And thanks for being on the Waymaker Fireside Chat. Thank you so much. Talk soon. I appreciate it. All right, then. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation between Lewis Carr and Pinky Cole. What did you enjoy about this episode? Let us know on our social media at Waymaker Culture. Don't forget to claim your Waymaker Journal at waymakerjournal.com. And be sure to enter the Waymaker giveaway by going to waymakercontest.com. Subscribe to the Waymaker Fireside Chat podcast to get notifications each time we release an episode.